Hey, I'm Angie. And I'm Emily. Being a creative person in the corporate space can be really tough, and we should know. Join us to talk about how to be a right brain in a left-brained world. It's The Artist at Work. Hi, everyone. This week, we're going to talk about motivators, what motivates us how we can become more motivated to succeed, what success even looks like, and how some people's motivators feel really different or foreign or um, unrelatable. So Angie, tell me about what motivates you. I've actually been thinking about this a lot as I'm building my course, um, Emerging Leaders and rolling out the modules. There was a, a section on team. And when you're leading teams, And one of the kind of tips I'm giving is to legitimately figure out what your team's motivators are. I have a quiz. There's really nine main ones. Um, And I know that the ones that stand out for me and always have are achievement. Hello, my fellow threes and affiliation. So that's, again, my extroversion and my people person-ness. So the other ones that pop up for people are security, status, autonomy, creativity, power, influence, maybe maternal or material rewards. So it's just interesting to go through those kind of exercises and questions for yourself and feel or see what kind of like pops up and is thematic in your answers. Funny that you mentioned the Enneagram because, you know, they say a lot that it's really driven by what motivates you not like sort of your traits that you have. I have joked all of my adult life that I'm only motivated by guilt and fear. And it's a little bit true. I'm certainly um, more motivated by external factors. I think, you know, for me, I, I, I would say that, you know, in that rubric autonomy is probably the one that does it for me the most. I find being left alone is pretty satisfying. I think that, you know, autonomy to me, also kind of speaks to my need to be seen as a capable person. I like it when people trust me to do a good job, to be smart. And I, you know, want to just kind of like stay in my own lane, not get in anybody else's, but I don't want anybody in mine either. (laughs) And I, I really value autonomy too. And I sort of see it in the corporate world as freedom. I trust you. You're an adult. You can do your job. You're going to meet your expectations and do what your job role says you'll do. You'll be accountable to your work, accountable to this, you know, office, these meetings, whatever you have to do, you'll do because you're grown up and we're going to treat you like one. Completely. I, I have often said, and I will forever say that I think that one of the most powerful forms of collaboration is just shutting up and trusting somebody who was hired to be an expert to do their job. You know, this always speaks to my sort of like disdain for weighing in just for the sake of weighing in. Um, (laughs) That is probably the thing that makes me angriest at work Mm -hmm. um, are when people just chime in because they have something stupid to say. Well, what's interesting about that is those people who consistently give their opinion and weigh in, they've probably been rewarded for that behavior, right? The loudest person in the room syndrome, essentially. Yep. So- it takes a lot to dismantle that. And it's probably comes down to self-awareness from that person for it to ever change. Well, and then I think when you, when you dig a little bit deeper, like what is that, what is the motivation to behave like that? In addition, you know, it's, it's reward. It's, you know, being told, Hey, that's a good job. Thanks for weighing in. Yeah. Authority. Like Uh you're, you're making a good decision. You have some like power or 
um, yeah, power in the decision or influence there. All things that do absolutely nothing for me. Yeah. I like influence. I'll 100%. That's part of why I kind of like being a leader. That's why I like setting strategy and course. I think that's influence as well. So, I mean, I can resonate with that and I can understand why someone would want a leadership role so that they can impact people. But mine comes from a place of generosity and wanting to share my knowledge, not tyrant. Yeah. I kind of just like to allow people on my teams to do their own thing. I trust them. There's no reason for me to get in the weeds or feel meddlesome, both, you know, either to them or to myself. And I have other things that I can be doing. It's so silly to all be working on the same part of the same project. If nobody really needs help and if people are capable adults who can do their jobs, I have always said that I don't really get anything out of having a boss who does the same job as I do, because what are you going to learn? And similarly, I don't want to share the same areas of expertise as the people on my teams because they need to be experts in that thing. And my talking over them doesn't allow them to grow. It doesn't allow them to, you know, feel like they have autonomy and it doesn't really allow them to shine in their, in their roles that they were hired to do. Yeah. And I think that's great that you are so self-aware in that, in that right. But I feel like as a leader or as a a boss or a manager, you could probably approach it not from a place of like, I'm getting in your work and I want to know exactly what you're doing. It's not about the work. Maybe it's more about their ambition or what's next or their goals or whatever and helping them from that standpoint of like, how can I help you grow? Asking people what motivates them, what demotivates them? How do you like to be coached? If I feel like you could be doing a better job or contributing more, how, what kind of feedback do you want from me in that way? Do you want a gentle push? Do you want me to be super direct? Because I think when you understand intrinsically what people will, you know, react to and will be motivating towards them, your approach, that, that changes the whole dynamic. Well, I think that that's a good way to look at it rather than thinking about like tasks or work specific projects, which like I do trust people to be very capable at. It is more of a holistic long-term conversation about what do you want to do? Where do you want to be? And how can I help you get there? I'm always real hot on making sure that my team members have the resources they need. But I think that I'm a little bit lax in reminding them that I can be that resource. You know, I think that like, because I am a person who does not like to ask for help, I ascribe that characteristics to others and I shouldn't. Well, I think that's, you're speaking to a motivator too. Recognition isn't one that we, we mentioned, but like, I don't need recognition. So it's very difficult for me to give recognition unless it's part of like my plan almost. I'm like, okay, I have to check in with myself. Do I need to, does this person need something from me? Okay. Is it recognition? Is it praise? Is it a reward? Is it what motivates them? Okay. Uh, they're risk averse. Okay. Let me talk to them about the safety of their role. Like what you have to really think about and cater your conversation to the person to make them feel like secure and that they can come to you because you've considered them individually. And, you know, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, but in my line of work, audience awareness is absolutely, you know, critical. And it's something that I scream from the rooftops anytime I'm given a rooftop from which to scream. And I just think that it's really, you know, I, when I, when I preach that so much about the work we do, it's important to show up as like a manager and as somebody who is, you know, being audience aware um, as far as my team goes as well. Well, yeah. And I think it's hard for anyone to show up 
100% that way all the time, right? We're all people, especially, you know, not being in the same room as people, there's a different energy. So I think as long as you've set the stage that you're approachable, you're, you can be candid with them, then and set a stage for like, you can talk to me. I think you'll show up your best most days, but when you don't, you'll, they'll give you some grace. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that makes perfect sense. And you, you know, you make the point too, that like we are all people. And I think that when we remember to be generous and kind with our colleagues in that way, it goes a long way to like building empathy, building trust, building understanding, um, and being a little bit less annoyed when people want to weigh in on things uh, on which they don't necessarily need to be weighing in. Full circle. So talk to me about what you find particularly demotivating at work. Personally, micromanagement. So when someone's over my shoulder, not trusting me, that's especially been as I've gotten older or deeper into my career, I have proven my expertise throughout my years of experience. So you over my shoulder is second guessing that is how it feels, even if that's not the intention. So I would say that is overwhelmingly number one. I would say secondly, when people aren't honest, I it's really hard for me to get behind someone who twists the truth to make them look better or not hurt your feelings. I think there's a much more authentic and true way to do those things rather than lie to me. And then I think thirdly is when you're inconsistent and moody, it's not fair to anyone. You're up, you're down. You never, your team never knows what you're going to get that day. It's not fair at work. Well, and you know what sucks about that last one too, is that that can be portrayed, especially in our lines of work as just like a brilliant temperamental creative. Oh, yeah. And it's just so tired and gross. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. I think for me, one of my biggest um, turnoffs as far as motivation goes is that you, when people are so clearly only out for themselves, um, when it's that, that very indiv- individualistic, I'm out for only me and I'm willing to steamroll the collective good in order to get what I want um, kind of just makes me really it flabbergasts me. And there are a lot of sociopolitical takes I could, I could insert in here right now. Um, but I think that, you know, in general, when people have themselves, when they put themselves um, above teams on which they work, it's really frustrating and makes me actually really just grossed out. Well, and then once it happens once, the next time somebody asks for something from you, you're like, Ooh, it's just, they just want it for themselves. They don't even care. That hello in the hallway was just to set up this meeting. Uh-huh. Ew. So like, Again, what the motivation underneath it is just to maybe get them more power, them more authority, them more something. And that never feels good. No, I mean, nobody's going to say, you know what I love? People with egos. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so what about people with egos? Do they think like that's cool? I think they do. I think they really like, you know, feeling powerful and asserting dominance over other people. And, and it blows my mind and it always will. And I hate it. And it makes me want to drop out of the workforce entirely. <laughs> yeah. The, that those people who walk in the room who think they're so important is at this point in my life, very laughable. It rubs me the wrong way. It always has. And for a long time, it would just really, really set me off. And now it makes me laugh. I can't laugh at it yet because it also stokes in me an underlying insecurity. Like maybe I should be like this. Maybe they are smart. Maybe I'm the one who's not doing the right thing here. Um, And so when somebody 
gets in a room and starts screaming about a bad idea because they're screaming. I am like, oh, well, everyone is listening to them. I, I guess that's what we do. So let's just flip that on its head and take it out of work. What do you think motivates you like in your, in your free time, in your life and other things like that? I think wanting to be a good version of myself to and for my loved ones is important. Making sure that they are fed and clothed and happy and happy with me. My honest to God, and this gets back to my saying that like fear and guilt motivate me. The worst thing in the world is thinking that somebody's mad at me or disappointed in me. It just, and, and I think it all the time. I think everybody's mad at me. I think I'm always in trouble. I think um, something's always wrong. And it, it consumes a great deal of my, my personal thought space and time and energy. So feeling secure in my relationships, I think is a really important one for me. Yeah. What do you think's underneath that fear, guilt, worry? I, I don't know. Ask my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What are your personal life motivators? I don't think that my personal motivators are different than my work motivators. I still think it's affiliation, social life, people, communication, you know, spending time with others, doing things, and then um, achievement. So if that's a to-do list for work or if that's a to-do list for my weekend or it's we want to watch five movies, whatever it is, I think those are, there's not really a line for me. And that's funny you say that because you have mentioned before, and I know this about you, that you're not a compartmentalizer. Everything no. is all in one bucket for you. It is. And I, for better, for worse, I, it's just the only way I know. I mean, it's working. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I, I generally, I'm motivated by wanting to make cool things, wanting to think of things differently. Um, yeah. I've, I've been thinking a lot lately about the, the difference between being a thinker and a doer. Um, and unfortunately, I tend to err more on the thinky side than the doing side. And I have a hard time, you know, as we've spoken about before, kind of pressing play and hitting start yeah. or whatever you want to call it, because I love to just sort of turn and tumble things around in the in the you know spin cycle of my head until they are tiny little pieces of lint. I mean, I think there's pros and cons of both ways of being, but something I've really been trying to live by in this like business that I've started is the mantra that like confidence and clarity come from action, not thought. So doing things, you're going to figure things out quicker. And for me, that's really important because there's a lot of moving pieces. But if you're just concepting ideas and they're not for something, they're just for your well-being or your uh, free time, essentially, then I don't think that needs to turn into something. It's it's just where you're where you're at and where you're spinning your wheels. I think. So funny enough, the more we've been talking about this, I'm thinking about like what actually motivates me. Yes, the outcome of affiliation and achievement, but what's the driving force? And it's 100% me. I don't think anything can motivate me like myself. And I've actually written that on a post-it note. Wow. (laughs) Like several weeks ago. And I just glanced down. I was like, oh yeah. I just had this like epiphany. I'm like, anyone's like expectations or pressures have never made me feel like I should work harder, which is, I don't know what that says about me, but if (laughs) I have decided that it's important, I work very hard at it. Now, will I meet the expectations of a job or something? Because that's you know, what I'm signed up to do, of course. But if it's just a little looser and you could do this or this, and if it's not important or it doesn't roll back to my big why or 
you know, supporting something I'm striving towards, you know, it just doesn't feel as hefty. That's fascinating to me because I am somebody who is almost entirely externally motivated. I can put myself last on the list every single time. If if I'm brushing my teeth and my spouse turns to me and says, I I need your toothbrush, I'm going to give it to him. Um, (laughs) I'm like, gross, get your own. Yes. uh, I just, um, I'm only, and I think that maybe that's the fear, the thing again. Um, But yeah, I'm fully, fully, uh, it's, it's external forces for me. And that, you know, that brings up something kind of funny too. And I don't know how any of this or all of this fits together in, in any sort of personality archetype, but I am a huge introvert and yet am motivated by things totally outside of my body. And you are the complete flip. Yeah, I know. And I don't know if that's personality types or it's our individual, you know, set of everything, but that's 100% true. Yeah. It's kind of wild to think about, but you know, it it works for us, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. We did it. (laughs) So spend some time thinking about what motivates you. Are, is it power? Is it influence? Is it recognition? Is it affiliation? Is it autonomy? Et cetera, et cetera. You can Google the list guys, but it's, it's really interesting to kind of think about it and then think a layer underneath it. Like why, why is that important? And even if you start talking to people about this, they'll see different things than maybe you see at first. And I think it's fascinating to dig into your personality and yeah. So that's where we kind of ended. Anything else, Em? No, I was going to make some stupid pun about being motivational speakers, but then quickly realized that if I did that, I would have to throw my microphone out the window. (laughs) Okay. Well, we will talk to you next time. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Artist at Work. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Instagram and Twitter under the handle at artist at work pod. And our website is the artist at work.com. We'll see you next time.